Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Dr. E.J. McKenzie on Blog Talk Radio. Thanksgiving was all about, and and um, 
we asked a different question, why we think so many people are ungrateful. And it, it was real good. I, you you can go back to the archives and you can pull that up <clears throat> and listen to the third Sea broadcast. And if you have children, it may be good that you sit down with your children, you and your children listen to it, and, and, and ask them some questions uh, concerning uh, uh, Thanksgiving. Um, we had it. I grew up tough. Uh, my mother worked seven, uh, not seven, but she had seven children, and she had to take take care of basically by herself. Uh, my father was in and out, even though he lived at the house there. Uh, he basically uh, uh, worked all the time, but the money he drank it, gambled it up, and so the, we didn't benefit that much at all from um, my father's uh, lifestyle, uh, which I understand now was under the inspiration and manipulation of demonic forces. And uh, and usually that's what we have a tendency to do, using alcohol, drugs as an escape mechanism. And so uh, my prayer to God that God will um, uh, bless all of the men, all of the women, all of the boys and girls during this holiday season. Let us be grateful and thankful. Always remember that somebody else have it worse than you do. And so if you've been challenged with competitiveness, with covetousness, and use that spirit really challenge our children because they want what everybody else has. And then there's the temptation from uh, parents to make themselves look good so they will get their children and give their children everything that they want. And so what happens is we end up destroying our children for the satisfaction of our reputation. So we want to look good in the eyes of people by showcasing uh, our children, by giving them what they want, the the latest Jordans, uh, the latest hairstyle, the latest everything. And we set our children up for a fall many times. We do it ignorantly. Uh, we don't do it willfully, but that's where I believe the spirit of the world comes in at. And the spirit of the world manifests itself in the spirit of what you call the Joneses. In order for you and I to be successful in spiritual warfare, you cannot war against an enemy that you don't know. Do you know the strengths, the weaknesses of your enemy? You will never be successful if you do not able to discern your enemy. You got to know your enemy. And one of the things that I've seen happen I see in the body of Christ is uh, not the body of Christ all over, but just what in my sphere of influence <clears throat> and even with our congregation, we have so many things in our head. We have so much stuff in our head, but it's not practical. It's inspirational. We can quote it. We can quote other people. We can quote authors of books. 
we can quote uh, uh, um, television. Uh, I'm gonna say broadcast, but televisions, uh, celebrities. If I want to use the word celebrity, personality. That's there. You go. Uh, television personalities. We we can we can quote memorize when we hear some. Oh man, that was good. I've done it before. Oh man, that was good. Yeah, that's good. But how does it work? How do I work that in my life? How do I work that in my life? Is it workable? And that's how I should perceive things if I'm going to learn how to do spiritual warfare, understand what spiritual warfare is, exactly what is spiritual warfare. The Bible calls Satan the God of this world. And he knows there's a dimension of us from this realm, which is our body. And there's a dimension of us that comes from the realm of God. That's our human spirit. Our soul is a product of both the realm of God and this realm. By him being the God of this world, his ultimate goal is to manipulate, deceive, to lie, to trick, and to get me to be incarcerated to this realm. That's what the Bible tells us, love not the world, neither the things that is in the world. For the love of the world, well, I think I'm putting two scriptures here, is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. So if that is the case, and the Bible tells me not to love the world, then what you think Satan's temptation is going to be is to get me to love the world. And he's going to put it in a way, just like he put it in Eve, or put it to Eve. God knows that when you partake of this fruit, you are not going to die. You're going to be just like God, knowing good and evil. Satan always comes with half-truth. I'm going to say it again. Satan always comes with half-truth. Not the whole truth. Half-truth. He told her half the truth. First he lied said, God, you are not going to die. And this is why you're not going to die. He accused God. The Bible says he is the accuser of the brethren that accuses us before God day and night. He accused God of lying. He told Eve, God is a liar. He has lied to you. He knows you're not going to die if you partake of this fruit. So therefore, ladies and gentlemen, think about it. He accused God of being a liar by lying to Eve. That's how he operated with you and I. God said, love not the world, neither the things that is in the world. For all that is in the world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Another scripture says, if you're a friend of the world, you're an enemy of God. Now, this is how the enemy is going to come to you. Just like he came to Eve. God knows you're not going to die. He's going to come to us. God knows that the world is not your enemy. He don't want you to be a friend of the enemy. 
because he don't want you to have what he has. He don't want you to know what he knows. So he don't want you to be a, a friend of the world because he don't want you to accumulate. He wants you to be poor. He is a master liar. And the sad thing about it, it's really not that hard to manipulate Christians. That's the that's the thing that is kind of scary, how we are so easily submitted and yield to the lies. How could that be, ladies and gentlemen? How is that so? That we yield so quickly, so easily to the lie. When when you and I have read the Bible, we don't listen to thousands of sermons, preached hundreds of them, if not thousands. But at the same time, how could we know this to still be manipulated? We're talking about spiritual warfare, prayer. It only can take place, ladies and gentlemen, because we know some things, but we don't know God. Well, you say, well, did Adam and Eve know God? Well, think about it. Who did Satan approach? He did not approach the person that God trained. He did not approach the person who God came down in the cool of the day to communicate with. He, he, he did not approach that person. He approached the protege. He approached the disciple. Who was the disciple? Eve. Well, who was discipling her? Adam. Who discipled Adam? God. That's the pattern of God. So all of you that is listening that is in a protege position to be trained, you are the trainee. That's on your job, that's as children, that's as uh, uh, congregants of a congregation. Always understand leaders, the leadership team, that is set, uh, that is a part of the set man, a set woman of the team. Just like the enemy came to Eve to lie to her. As a matter of fact, think about it. This is this is this is the lie. The lie is this here. <clears throat> God knows that when you partake of this tree, this fruit, you 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 uh, you're not going to die. Because He don't want you to be like Him, knowing good and evil. Now, God really didn't tell Eve that. Adam told Eve that. So what the devil actually was saying, your husband is lying because God lied to your husband. Or your husband is lying because your husband knows that if you partake of the fruit, you are going to have a relationship like your husband have with God. Now, God comes and talks to your husband. Your husband talks to you. They monopolizing against you, God and your husband. 
You see how they operate? You've got to understand spiritual warfare and the manipulation that comes. I have never seen the spirit of the manipulation of E like I'm seeing it in this day and time. I had I, I see people, young ladies, uh, dominating their marriages. Always understand where the spirit of Jezebel is, the spirit of Ahab is manifest. There cannot be a Jezebel unless there's an Ahab. Because if there is no Ahab, that means the spirit of Jezebel will be dismantled. The spirit of Jezebel will be driven out. When we see disorder, think about it. Look at the men of God that were subject to God. We see David. His wives were submitted to him. We don't see his wives usurping authority over him. And the one that dishonored him because of his relationship with God was put away forever. She was never to come back come back in the presence of David's face. We do not see uh, 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 men of God. Jehoshaphat was considered a man of God. We see nowhere in the scripture that his wife usurped authority over him. We don't see Peter's wife usurping authority over her, nowhere in the scripture. We don't see any of the other prophets that was married, wives usurping authority over them. We don't see it. So therefore, if that is taking place, I believe it is God is trying to reveal to that man something is wrong with you, sir. We look at the pattern in the word of the Lord. We don't see all of this. We don't see it. But when we see a female, the wife, rising up and have more influence in that family than that husband, something is wrong. And what is actually wrong is somewhere us men, we have broken relationship and fellowship with the Father. We have broken fellowship. We shall cease to trust him. We will cease to believe him. We will cease to execute his heart and his mind. And so, therefore, when you and I cease to allow God to become God, then what, what is actually taking place, ladies and gentlemen, then somebody else is going to be God. And you know who, who's ready to jump in there? Satan is ready to jump in there. Satan is a usurper of authority. It was... Uh, Satan attempt to usurp authority in the uh, in the heavens that got him kicked out of heaven. Then what is the man's responsibility? The man's responsibility, ladies and gentlemen, 
is to kick the devil out. That's trying to use his wife. The men have to say no. This is the time and this is the season of kingdom authority. Heavenly authority to be established in the earth realm. This fight must become a reality that is not flesh and blood. This must become a reality. Our fight is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, spiritual wickedness in high places, and the rules of the darkness of this world. we got to understand that. And if you're fighting out of order, you have lost your strength. Because you're fighting out of order, that means you're fighting illegally. You're not fighting from your position of authority that the heavens has delegated and assigned to you. And Peter beautifully articulated this in the word of the Lord, that your prayers be not hindered. So his goal is to get the wife to use super authority over her husband, and the husband just to submit to it. He prays, she prays. She battles, he battles. She wars, he wars. But nothing has been accomplished. There's no advancement. No power of darkness is even being touched. It can't be touched because they're praying and warring and battling out of position. He's a manipulator. It can't be an anointing because the, because the Spirit of God cannot be involved in what has not been sanctioned by heaven. The Holy Spirit cannot be involved in what is out of order. But God has put a demand upon us. He's put a demand upon us to bring things back into kingdom order. What is your mindset, ladies and gentlemen? The master key audience, where are you located in the equation? Those of you that are married, where are you located? I personally believe this here. And I share this uh, with my wife from time to time. Uh, when I begin to look, when I begin to look at the order in the Bible, we don't see that Leaders, wives, was functionable. Not all of them, functionable. If it was any, very few uh, in ministry. And to me, it's a dangerous thing. And the reason I use the word dangerous for a man that is called to be in ministry to bring his wife into ministry, and when uh, there's the absence of the ministry of the family. The home is not in divine order. Listen, this thing is so clear. I have seen the manipulation of, of how the enemy would try to come in, into relationships, where a man is called, but the wife uh, feel like she's called and could be called. 
but her commitment and dedication is more to ministry than her husband and her children. My wife ministered a message uh, a few months ago. I don't forget what the title uh, was, but in that message, uh, she was sharing with the ladies that your husband is your ministry. Your husband is your ministry. If that was a reality to every married, saved woman, I believe that the family would be greater, the ministry would be greater, and in every marriage will experience a level of measure of success that they have never experienced before. I believe the divorce rate would be down, very minimal. And about if 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 a wife really that was a reality that her husband is her ministry, and which is supposed to be because she's the helpmate. She's the one that's supposed to be adjustable, adaptable, and conformable. And if a woman, I believe, was mentored into that, uh, discipled into that, she would be strong, stable, and she would be a tremendous warrior. Another thing my wife brought out uh, in that particular message uh, about she shared that a wife, should be her husband's greatest intercessor. I thought that was interesting. And, that's, and, and, and I agree with that from the perspective because she's going to have more insights into that man than anybody else. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say she, they, she's going to. She should. Because every wife don't have greater insight into her husband. Because you can have a wife that is carnal. And she... She have absolutely no clue who she married to, because she's looking at the man from a natural perspective. She's perceiving the man from a natural perspective. I share this. I've said this many times. The greatest, the most miserable person in the world is not a sinner. The most miserable person in the world is a man or a woman. That's a man that is married to a woman, a woman that's married to a man. If the man is carnal and the woman is spiritual, if the woman is spiritual, the man is carnal. Most miserable to because it's, it's total God and total Satan at odds with each other through the man and the woman. She's seeing everything from the natural, or he's seeing everything from the natural, or he's seeing things from a spiritual perspective, or she's seeing things from a spiritual perspective. It's misery. It's misery. Misery. Because when a person is carnal, the only thing they think about is this realm. When a person is carnal, they, they are selfish, they are self-centered, they are self-righteous. The only thing they want is what they want. That's a selfish person. Carnal person. They're selfish. They won't, 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 won't. And especially... A carnal person is under the influence of this this world, the God of this world. Everything they see on TV, that's going to cause them to see things out of the order of God, but see things in the order of this realm, but they think it's the order of God. 
It's miserable, ladies and gentlemen. It is miserable. So therefore, we'll never be able to see a great manifestation of the Spirit of God. So, uh, warfare, to be successful in spiritual warfare, is to pray out of order, pray out of your position. So if I am the authority of my household, the authority of uh, Panorama and Doma, the pastoral line, if I'm, if I'm the authority, then I must pray from that position. I'm the one that must cover. I'm, I have a responsibility and, and a, uh, a responsibility to go before God, to hear his heart, his mind, the behalf of the people. I have a responsibility to execute when everybody rises up against it, when nobody don't understand it, nobody don't believe it. I have a responsibility to execute. But what God wants, I don't know why I'm getting going this route because I wasn't planning on ministering on, on relationships at all today. I want to talk about prayer, some other things about prayer. We Even though we're talking about prayer, but I want to get into some other areas. But evidently, this is on the heart of God. But in order for me to to uh, uh, cover and war and battle for my position, I must understand that I have a responsibility as unto God to cover, a responsibility in God to pray and war and battle, to intercede, stand in the gap on the behalf of those that's under my authority. I must pray for my wife. I must be able to discern the enemies of my wife. I must be able to discern the enemies of my children. And then I must take authority over those enemies to keep them free for the Holy Spirit to influence them. That's my responsibility. Then I personally believe this right here. When a man does that and a wife, this becomes a reality of the wife that her husband's a ministry, then I personally believe that even as it uh, was with Jesus fulfilling the heart of the mind of the Father in the earth realm, the Word of God becoming flesh and executing the heart of the mind of the Father through his death, burial, resurrection, ascension, Jesus now was highly exalted above every name that is named, not only in this world but also in the world to come. So Jesus, a man, was exalted, which the word became a man, become one with God. My wife will become one with me. Your wife will become one with you. You will become one with your wife. I'll become one with my wife. We'll become one because we're not functioning and operating out of our position that God has assigned to us to function in. Now, my wife can engage the enemy because she's engaging the enemy from her position, from her assigned position from heaven. I can engage the enemy because I'm battling war from my assigned position from heaven. I'm binding. I'm rebuking. I'm casting down. I'm casting out. I'm driving out. Because understand how this work, spiritual warfare work. When you're battling from your assigned position, 
when you open up your mouth, heaven is going to back everything that comes out of your mouth. Heaven is going to back everything that comes out of your mouth because you're battling from your assigned position. And you understand your your, your uh, position and your responsibility. You understand that I got to hold this family together. You hold it together by prayer, intercession, and warfare. And you hold it together by getting the mind of heaven and you executing it. You cannot, and this is what I see a lot of time, that parents that have parents is influenced more by their children than they are by God. Parents want their children to like them more than they want God to like them. Are, are, are you getting this? Here's another manipulation, ladies and gentlemen, and this is the one that I, I want to try to get to today. Here's another manipulation. The manipulation is this here. The manipulation is during the holiday season. I was I, I, I was asking the people in our Bible the Wednesday, do you notice how the atmosphere changed during November, December? A lot of people is under the influence of it, and they have no clue why they're under the influence of it. It's such a like uh, days. I mentioned to my wife first. It's such a laxadaisical. Uh It's like a shutting down spirit and mentality. Like like everything is shutting down. Everything is 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 uh, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Lethargic, complacent. And and when you think that the enemy is going to wage the greatest attack, when your guards is down. So watch this right here. When people go on vacation, the majority of people take their vacation around this time, around November, December, to spend time with family. I think that's one of the most wonderful things we can spend time with family, just have a great time with family. But do do you quit on your assignment? Do you do your assignment cease? Do Satan see you, you got what I'm saying? Do Satan stop being Satan? Do you think Satan's gonna go on vacation? So do I stop my intercession? Do I stop prayer? Do I stop warfare? Do I cease warfare during the holiday? God, how carnal we have become. What about when your anniversary? Do you, if God give you assignment, God give you assignment to pray for somebody. God said, this is your assignment. I don't want you to cease praying for this person, warn for this person, until this person is totally free. God tells you that. Here's your anniversary. Do you cease to get up in the morning, during your morning prayer time or evening prayer time? Do you cease that because it's your anniversary? Do I neglect my assignment because it's my anniversary? See, a lot of people, when we talk about the 
God of this world and love not the world, we think is wearing clothes and not understanding the manipulation and the system of this world. What about your birthday? Did we ever see Jesus cease to do ministry on his birthday? Do you think about it? For three and a half years, he had an assignment. Nowhere in the scripture we see uh, Jesus took off because to celebrate his birthday. Do you see how we bring those kinds of things into this realm, ladies and gentlemen? So my question would be to you, am I a man of God? What is a man of God, woman of God? Am I bought with a price? What does it mean to be bought with a price? So all of these things is vital and they are important, ladies and gentlemen. They are vital and they are important. Now, we got a lot of people that goes on vacation during this holiday season and the summer. And we hear it all the time on television and radio, especially summertime. Will you will you help us? This is you know, people is uh going on vacation and usually, you know, uh, the giving go it's gone down because uh, you know people taking their vacation. What what is that showing you? What is that telling you? That's telling you that the church is more carnal than spiritual. The church is focused on their thing and not God thing. So my question would be to you. Since uh, it's your vacation time, do you cease your responsibility as a a man and woman of God in your tithes and your offering and your church that you're committed to? Uh, you've been assigned to. I don't know if you're committed, but you've been assigned to. Ever since I started this church, uh, even before then, Ladies and gentlemen, <clears throat> when we go on vacation, and which that's kind of rare too, when we go on vacation, our money don't go on vacation. We're still loyal and dedicated to our assignment. I personally believe that when you go on vacation, your commitment is still should be to the house of God. Then you know you won't be gone a week or two. Then you should prepare an offering for that for the services that you're not going to be here. That's what we do. Because we're gone on vacation, our money is not on vacation. We still are, we're still committed to the services that we have. We are still committed to a Sunday morning and a Wednesday night service. Matter of fact, we used to have three services, but we still give on the level of three services. 
Our, our giving have not ceased, even though we have three services, our giving, uh, two services, our giving have not stopped from when we had three. We're still committed and dedicated to it. We're still loyal to it, to what we started. We have not ceased. Even though we ceased today, but we have not ceased in our giving. So here's warfare. Do we bring the systems of the world into the church? And what we don't understand is that is a form of humanism. I wouldn't say the form of it is humanism. It's humanism when we bring a worldly system. And always understand that which is of the world is always designed to fight against God. It's designed to fight, it's designed to war against Almighty God. So therefore, <clears throat> we as leaders, apostles, prophets, evangelists, and teachers, what kind of pace and example do we set? So if we cease our responsibility, then the enemy prevails. Enemy prevails. Something's wrong, ladies and gentlemen. God is calling the church back to a standard. He's calling us back to a place of intimacy with Him. And it's amazing to me how we cry for the power of God, how we cry for the anointing of God. It's amazing. But this is our the hour power. This is the hour for the supernatural. And this is another thing amazing to me. We just come out of a, a, a supernatural encounter meeting. A meeting uh, was the, uh, it was entitled Encounter the Supernatural. And did not God move? God moved mightily. Now, now listen to this here. But the Lord said that uh, shared with me that this meeting uh, encountered the supernatural, and the supernatural was manifested was never designed to be a meeting. It was designed to be uh, to cease. It wasn't designed to cease. It was designed to continue. What God did was designed to continue. What God did was designed to continue. What God did was designed to continue. So all of you all that uh, we got quite a few people uh, went on vacation and that's good. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm happy for them. But did you take the supernatural with you on vacation? See, this, see we got to get our mind renewed. Did you take the supernatural with you on vacation? Did anybody get healed while you was on vacation? Did anybody get saved while you was on vacation? Ladies and gentlemen, do you understand that salvation is a lifestyle? Salvation is something that you became. Salvation is not something that you got. You became saved. Salvation is not like clothes. You can put them on, take them off. 
and take them off. So my question would be, did you take the supernatural with you? Yesterday was Black Friday, where you got people standing in lines. Uh, uh, I forgot how, what time it was. I think 12 midnight. Some sort of open at 12 midnight. You got people standing in line. Did you take the supernatural with you with Black Sunday? <laughs> Black Sunday. <laughs> Black Friday. Did you take the supernatural with you with Black Friday? While you went in those stores and buying those gifts for Christmas, did you take the supernatural with you? Did you lay hands on someone that was in a wheelchair? Did God manifest his power during Black Friday? Uh, did the supernatural cease when you waiting to get back to church on Sunday? These are the manipulations of the powers of darkness that come to hinder, to block, and to stop. Here's another evidence. Going back to the holiday, that's a spirit that comes and it calls you to become lackadaisical. Usually on Saturday, we're quite a few people that connects uh, on this broadcast on Saturday. This is probably less people we've ever had since we started this broadcast today. While we're out and about. There's nothing wrong with that. But this has been set aside for prayer, intercession, and warfare. How many people even believe in prayer anymore? But nevertheless, I decree and declare to you that heaven is increasing exponentially. I decree and I declare today that the God of this world is being dismantled in your life. The spirit, the techniques, the systems, the schemes of this world is being dismantled in your life, I decree and declare. It is being dismantled in your spouse's life, your children's life. I speak, decree, and declare the spirit of this world is being dismantled in your home in your church, in your community, on your job. I don't know if I can dismantle it on the job. This is a Christian business. But I decree and I declare that the powers of this world is being dismantled and they have been exposed now in the name of the Lord Jesus. I command them to be rooted up and I command the techniques, the spirit of this world, to be driven out by the finger of God. I drive it out of your heart. I drive it out of your mind. I drive it out of your soul. I drive it out of your spirit. I drive it out of your members. In the name of the Lord Jesus. In the name of the Lord Jesus. And I bring you subject to the influence of God. I bring you subject to the zeal of Christ Jesus, the Son of the living God. 
I pray right now for the increase of the momentum of the convicting power of the Holy Spirit of the Most High God. His convicting power is penetrating our hearts, is penetrating our minds, is penetrating our soul, is penetrating our thought processes, is penetrating our imaginations, emotions, affections. I decree and I declare all of those under the sound of my voice that is listening now and will listen later. I speak, decree, and declare the anointing to eradicate and annihilate all yokes. In Jesus' mighty name. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Lord, I pray that you will set everyone's heart, everyone's mind, soul ablaze with the fire of the Holy Spirit of the Most High God. I pray right now in the name of the Lord Jesus that your heart will begin to turn, your mind will begin to turn, and your mind will experience restoration and renewal in the name of the Lord Jesus. I speak, decree, and declare the increase of the momentum of the hunger and the thirst and the craving and the passion for the Most High God, for the Lord Jesus for the Holy Spirit, for the things of the Spirit, for the realm of God. In the name of Jesus. I speak right now in the name of the Lord Jesus. I speak for the revelation, the revelation of the spirit of Laodicea, that lukewarm spirit will be exposed in the name of Jesus. Spirit of the living God, bring conviction to this spirit, concerning this spirit. Don't allow us to be lukewarm. I ask it in the name of the Lord Jesus. The line is grown. Choose you this day. Will you be lukewarm or will you be on fire for God? Choose you this day. Will you be lukewarm? Or stay lukewarm, or will you be on fire for God? Choose you this day. You're going to serve yourself, or you're going to serve the living God? Today, the Lord put a demand upon us. Today, the Lord challenged you. Today, he challenges you to be an instrument during this holiday season. Enjoy your family. But don't leave your post. Keep doing what you're doing. Enjoy your family. Go to the movies. Go out. But don't cease to be sensitive to the moving, the ways, and the sways of the Holy Spirit. I charge you today. I charge you today. I challenge you today. Ask yourself this question here. Do you get pleasure being alone with God? If not, then I let you, you and I know that the God of this world, the spirit of this world, have infiltrated. And we're up under the influence of it and don't even realize it. But we don't have to stay that way. We don't have to stay that way. Ladies and gentlemen, 
God has some people that he's preparing for a breakthrough that's second to none. There's getting ready to be an economic breakthrough on some uh, on the behalf of some of you pe- God's people that He's been preparing you. Alligators a, a, t- a season of testing to see if your heart and your mind is going to be bent towards Him. Are you going to be committed to Him, dedicated to Him, loyal to Him, faithful to Him? That's what I see. But where's you? Where are you located in the equation? Where are you located in the equation? Then we need to cry out to God. I pray that the spirit of the a cry come upon us. But you ever notice something, ladies and gentlemen, that change never usually take place until one get desperate. And usually, that's going back to what we shared on on, on uh, Thanksgiving. We had our family uh, 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 talking, and with a young man that uh, goes to Haiti, uh, and he works for food for the poor. And uh, he was talking about those uh, individuals, those uh, some of those ladies. So when it, um, I just lost my train of thought there. We're talking about uh, desperation. Those people have a relationship with God that is second to none. My prayer, excuse me one minute here if you will. My prayer to God is that God will move upon you in a way, and will prepare you in a way, in a dimension that you have never experienced before. Let me give you the definition of the word desperate. Showing extreme urgency or intensity, especially because of great need or desire. Urgency. Showing it, urgency, extreme, extreme urgency and intensity. If I ask you today, do you really, really want God, a greater dimension of God? What are you going to tell me? Of course I do, but there's no sense of urgency. So you're not going to do anything. You're not going to change. It's not a sense of urgency. Then ask the Holy Spirit. Only he can... Put that in your heart and my heart. Holy Spirit, I ask today that you will put a desperation. You will cause my heart to be desperate for God. Open up my eyes, I pray, Holy Spirit, and grace me to see the emergency of the times that we live in. Grace me to see the condition of my soul. And all of those that are listening to me, grace all of us to see the condition of our soul. Grace us to see the state of our soul the way you see it, and not from the perspective of the blood of Jesus, where we unpositionally, but Lord God, a lot of us are self-deceived. But grace us to see it. 
Here's another de- a definition of the word desperate. Showing extreme courage, especially of actions courageously undertaken in desperate, excuse me, in desperation as a last result. Showing extreme courage, especially of actions courageously undertaken in desperation as a last result. Am I desperate? Do I see what a drought my soul is in? Do I see the state of my soul? Or am I satisfied? I'm going to tell you something. The only reason you're satisfied is because you're around people that's just like you. Am I constantly putting myself in, in, in relationships with people that is greater to make me see just how undone I am, to make me see, man, I am far from God. I thought I was okay. Am I hanging around with people that live a consecrated life? Am I hanging around with people that lives a prayer fasting life? Am I hanging around with people that is sold out for God? That's provoking me. That's what happened when I met my mentor, Dr. Brown. His life provoked me. His relationship with God provoked me. Are you around anybody that's provoking you? Or are you just only hanging around people that are satisfied with you? Well, let me pray this prayer. Our time is basically about up. Father, I pray that the spirit of desperation will fall upon the body of Christ. Every man, woman, boy, and girl, under the sound of my voice, I pray that you, O God, will not allow us to be deceived nor walk in self-deception. I pray, Lord God Almighty, that you will shine your flood out upon our hearts and allow us to see the carnal state, to see how miserable we are, really are, how wretched we really are, apart from Christ. I pray, Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, that there will be an increase of the momentum of the revelation of Jesus. As we behold him, that we'll begin to strive to, for the change by the Spirit of the living God from glory to glory. I pray that you will increase our hunger, our thirst, our craving, our passion for you, Father, for your realm, for the things of the Spirit, for the Lord Jesus, for the Holy Spirit of the Most High God. I pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, that you will grace us to come to the end of ourselves. That is Jesus and Jesus alone. Lord, I pray this week, grace all of us to come into the awareness of who, who we really are or the state that we're really in. I ask it in the name of the Lord Jesus. And I pray that you will move by your spirit and your anointing. Grace us to experience the anointing that destroys yokes. Grace us to experience the anointing that unveils. Take the scales off our eyes. And grace us with eyes to see, I pray in Jesus' name. And grace us with ears to hear your voice in a stranger we will not follow. In the name of the Lord Jesus. 
become a reality to all of us and grace us to be willing to pay any price to apprehend Jesus. Let this permeate and saturate the body of Christ. Let this permeate and saturate Panorama and Doma, the pastoral line. Let this permeate and saturate South Florida, every apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher in South Florida. Saturated and permeated every member of the body of Christ and the redeemed. I ask it, Father, in the name of Jesus, and ask that you will seal this prayer by the blood of the Lamb. Ladies and gentlemen, we pray that the rest of this holiday season, entering Christmas, will be a blessing to you. We want to let you know that we have our watch night service uh, on um, the 31st of December. Um, we'll be at the uh, Embassy Suites Hotel, um, Encountering the Supernatural. Um, this is going to start at 10 p.m. We're looking forward to having just an awesome, powerful time in the Lord. Uh, seeing what the Lord is saying for 2013. We've got some kind of glimpse into 2013 through the um, meeting we just had, encountering the supernatural. God's going to reveal a few things, and we believe that God's going to build upon that which he has uh, unveiled so far. According to the Jewish time uh, year uh, calendar, we are already in the uh, new year. So we let's see what the Lord do. Let's see what the Lord says. Invite your family and friends out to our watch night service. Uh, that's uh, December the 31st, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, let's be there. Let's believe God. Let's come expecting uh, the Lord God for his manifestation. Manifesting himself in power. Manifesting himself in authority. And Jesus being exalted during this time. Once again, we want to invite you, those of you that do not have a church home, and uh, you have a church on you all don't have watch night service, so we'd like to invite you to be a part of our watch night service. Looking forward for a powerful time in God. Love you guys. Appreciate you. Well, until Monday, we will be with you on Monday at 6 to 7, and we pray that your services on tomorrow will be full of the love of God, peace of God, joy to the power of God being made manifest and demonstrated on tomorrow. I pray that Jesus will manifest himself as Lord of Lords and King of Kings uh, during your services on tomorrow. God bless you. Enjoy the rest of your day. This has been your host, Dr. E.J. McKenzie with the Master King. God bless you.